You're listening to Bandersnatch, Jub Jub, and Jabberwock from Black Souls 2, released November 10th, 2018, Composer Unknown. BG Maniacs, welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today to kick off the spooky season is Pedroth, the scariest guy I know. <laughs> yep, it's me. It's me here to talk about some, some fun scariest and Scariest guy stuff. I know. That's right. Catch, catch pretty... him down at the local park on the ground somewhere. <laughs> uh... I don't know what to do with that, man. But yeah, we're gonna. I'm ready to ready to. Didn't you to fall out of people out? It, oh uh, no, actually, it was. That's right. It was at the. Uh, you were referring to my recent collision with the ground. Um, <laughs> now we were at um, a, a football stadium around the corner from our house. It's the old oh, stadium, so it's kind of small. It's, it was it's got the, the track track you can run around a football field. And yeah, I was running on the track and I started running too fast and uh, yeah, I fell. And fortunately, I did not break any of my 40-year-old bones. Gravity so. <laughs> proven to exist. Proven to exist, indeed. Yep, Isaac Newton wasn't wrong. Nope. Nope. <laughs> as far as we know, at least not yet. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, kicking off October with a fun theme. We'll get to that in just a second. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. We do have some comments. I uh, saw several actually come through on Discord. Yep. Um, 
Yep. Yeah, Discord was popping I've got a bit off of a lengthy one week. as well, but I will let you go first. Okay. Well, we'll just scan Discord here briefly. Uh, you put in a correction. Your We Are Number One was from Lazy Town, not Bible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of the, uh, actually, the Stormcaller battle music from a Sea of Stars. I mentioned that it sounded like We Are Number One, which it does. Uh, but that track comes from the uh, Icelandic children's show uh, Lazy Town, not the American uh, Christian children's show Bible Man. Yes. And uh, Jeff did, you know, say, yeah, there definitely is a Bible Man game, too. So there is one out there. <laughs> Might just have to check that out. <laughs> Zandku had another twofer comment. Uh, did say great picks for the Starfield episode. Kind of makes him wish he'd be able to play it. A couple of those tracks sounded like they could have been pulled right from a Star Trek movie, which I agree. And also said great picks for the Sea of Stars bonus episode. With the game so fresh in my mind, I knew and was able to think back to where each track took place in game kind of makes me want to play through it again <laughs> and nice. i think we, a lot of quite a few of us have now finished sea of stars yeah man we were having some really good conversations in there about it i i loved it it's my game of the year like hands down um and yeah we had a nice kind of spread of uh, of opinions about it but all of them were at least at least moderately positive so yeah absolutely and great soundtrack as we brew yes Absolutely. Um, Jeff. Jeff came in with a comment and said, currently listening to the Sea of Stars episode, uh, the moon isn't always feminine. I think he was calling you out there because you said the moon was feminine. And, oh, uh, yeah. I made some reference, yeah, because Valer uh, is the moon warrior, and I made like a side comment and a side comment that uh, the moon was frequently feminine. And yeah, he, yep, said he pointed Egypt, out the Egypt, India, Japan, and a good chunk of Mesopotamia, the moon was a dude. <laughs> yep, yep. And yeah, leave it to Jeff. That's kind of how our conversations go. Is I make a, I make a statement like I know what I'm talking about, and then he comes in with his um actually. <laughs> that makes him sound don't, annoying and pedantic, you know and he's really not. About. <laughs> he's really not, but but yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we also had one comment on that Sea of Stars episode as well that came through Spotify. Was actually from Clark, a frequent commenter. Hi, Clark. And yeah, he said, amazing episode and brought me back to my childhood with a similar style soundtrack to the SNES. And then he asked if, uh, if we want to be a guest host on his new podcast about depression and illness called Heebie Jeebie Mania. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> I don't necessarily associate depression with uh, the Heebie Jeebies, but we'll be getting into some of that this month. But, uh, but yeah, you know, probably. you and I would, would be good guests on such a podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, and then you also said you had a comment, I think. Yes, uh, Jeff and I actually have an ongoing email chain, and a lot of times he'll throw in comments about the episodes just kind of as part of an email, and so I thought it might be cool to pull some of those. And um, <laughs> so this is about actually two episodes. He says, finished the randomizer and AI takeover episodes. I have a strong preference for the randomizer because I think the AI has a normie taste. I think that's more like in general, not just our show, but that AI is kind of, you know, hot right now. Um, but he, he says, I was also incredibly disappointed to find that the AI was voiced by a real person because I was just about to find the lingua program and script it with a six hour looping ASMR slash positive affirmation slash healthy <laughs> relationship slash wholesome mommy script. 
But uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely not going <laughs> to ask that from a human woman. What little shame I have forbids it. <laughs> and then he says, jokes aside, Lindsay's voice was far and away the best part of the episode. Maybe have her guess sometime as herself. <laughs> Go so, listen to the media files. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Lindsay was on uh, at least half, uh, more than quite half, I think, of the episodes of the media files. Uh, quite a few. And um, she and Kyle just have, of course, a fantastic chemistry. They're so adorable. And she was on <laughs> last week's sickening. episode. <laughs> she was. Uh, if anybody, um, I guess, uh, I guess the robot is is here to stay, and uh, you'll probably here. be hearing, probably she's, be hearing she's from here her right now. She's all around. Yep, everywhere you look, Ling was there. You'll never see her, but she's there. <laughs> yeah, like the wind. Yeah. All right. So is that it for comments? I don't know. You tell me. We were on you. Oh yeah, we that's all comments. I got. Is the one from okay. Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then yes. We are done with that comments. It's cool, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you all once again for commenting. Looking forward, hopefully, to a lot of good comments this month because, uh, yeah, as you were talking about, it is spooky season. Yeah. October 4th, if this episode posts on time or close to it. <laughs> yep. That means we have a fresh batch of um, spooky Halloween-y October season-themed episodes coming at you, starting with today's show about monsters, myths and monsters. And myths, yeah, and myths. Monsters and, and myths. Yeah, yeah, myths and monsters, whichever way you want to say it. Um, this is one that could have been taken in a lot of different directions, right? There was really no restrictions. Have. Yeah, We didn't really say it has to be this, it has to be that. You told me you were kind of going to go one specific route. I don't know if you did. It looks like you might have. Uh, For the most part, yeah. yeah. And I told you, well, if you're going to do that, maybe I'll do like a Universal Monsters theme. And I tried, but <laughs> most of those games that came out involving the Universal Monsters, at least ones directly related to Universal, had some pretty bad soundtracks. <laughs> Dude, actually, I, I noticed there was a, the Frankenstein game on the NES has a really nice soundtrack, but I didn't pull from it because I, yeah, I knew you were going for Universal. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was great. I, the, the Bride of Frankenstein game is awful. Um, yeah, I, I didn't listen to that one. But yeah, I listened to several and then I decided, well, I didn't listen to them all. I will say I didn't give every Universal Monster game a listen, but I gave probably 10 or 12 and I could only find three that I liked. So I gave up on that idea <laughs> and uh, decided to incorporate some mythological stuff as well. Okay, cool. And one I really thing, wanted just to overall try... monsters, uh, yeah. which I thought, you know, means monsters, Halloween monsters. Yeah. I really wanted to try to bring um, several different, uh, like not repeat any of my types of monsters. But there were, excuse me, but there were two that I just, I really liked both of the songs. So you will see one of my monsters twice on the episode. Yeah, I today. noticed that actually when I was typing up the the info. And it was so close. Like that was the last minute. I subbed one of them out this morning um, because I, I think that you'll like it better than the other song I had. But I'm going to bring the other one to, uh, you know, to Radio Hour. So. Okay. Well, unless it's from the N64, it can't be this month's Radio Hour. That's right. I'll have to save it. We'll have some... Uh, some repeating spooky times in the, the November radio hour. <laughs> that was a you idea about this uh, yep. N64 That's episode. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll plug that at the end of the episode, but um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I plugged it last month on radio hour and well, technically in August and September. So I guess the last two months on radio hour. 
Haven't gotten a single submission as of time of recording. No, we'll get the we'll get the word out there. You guys give us some ideas. Save us some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, the first monsters that we're, we're talking about. Um, Your first ep- uh, pick of the episode. Yeah. Yes. Brought us in. Not mythological, but they are literary. Were you familiar with, with these monster names when you saw the, the Jabberwock title? Yep. All right. So the Jabberwock not the or the Jabberwocky two. is the most famous monster from the Alice in Wonderland books by Lewis Carroll. Um, anyone who knows the poem, um, or they might know the Jabberwocky. Dance group. Let's be honest, or they might know the dance group. Anyone who knows the poem has also heard of the Bandersnatch and the Jub Jub. Um, the Jabberwocky poem by Lewis Carroll is one of uh, two or three poems that I have memorized and can't get out of my head. And um, uh, beware the Jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the Jub Jub bird and shun the frumious Bandersnatch. So. I don't know what most of these monsters are like. The Jabberwock is usually depicted as a dragon, um, but these are, uh, yeah, these are scary monsters in in Alice's journeys, um, especially in Through the Looking Glass. The Jabberwock makes a pretty big, um, okay. pretty big appearance there. Uh, but this game, <laughs> I wasn't able to find much of anything about it all. It looks okay. weird as hell. It, it's kind of look, which of what which I of see. these which of these naked ladies is the is the Jabberwock? <laughs> so. I think that the, so the Jub Jub is the one in the middle um, okay. with the wings, the one with and, the, big the other the other yeah attributes. The Bandersnatch is the one on on the left, the purple one. Finely who apparently curved hips. Yep, mm-hmm. apparently has kind of a um, that's no, the, sorry, Bandersnatch the Bandersnatch on the, the left. On so on the left, when you're looking at it with the giant claws, um, okay, and the big yeah. the big black horns, uh, and apparently is kind of a is kind of a dog character in the game. I don't know. Uh, and then the Jabberwock is the one with the big scythe. Okay, okay. On the right. Little, little spade tail. She's got underwear yep. on, at least. <laughs> yeah, it, this is this is a, an interesting <laughs> interesting YouTube snapshots, but... Yeah, but accurate. I'd, accurate to the representation of the game. Yeah, yeah. This is this does seem to be kind of a, a theme in the game from, from what little I was able to uncover about it. I also saw that apparently it has something to do with uh like it's kind of an homage to the to the Souls like games, which you know, based on its name, um, makes sure. sense. Yeah, but it looks it it looks weird as hell, man. I have no idea, but Black Souls Wiki, um, on fandom for Black Souls 2 says this is the second game in the Black Souls series and it is in capital letters really bad. <laughs> That's the first sentence of the wiki for this game. Of the wiki, yeah. Like, this is the thing that fans made devoted to this game and that's the first line of the really wiki. Bad. I love it. Really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, if you go to a website... Uh, if you go to the website where you can buy the game... Um, it is in Japanese. It's just being translated to English thanks to a plugin. I don't know how much it actually. Oh, it's nine dollars and seven cents U.S. Um, I guess it's like a doujin type thing, maybe, which means that the music is probably licensed or like not licensed, but pulled from other random places across the I internet. I think it is. Yeah, I don't. I think mm-hmm. it is. Um, genres for this game include lolly, which I get, um, non-human <laughs> monster girl, lovey-dovey sweet love. <laughs> Love that's a genre. Um, <laughs> decadent, immoral, rape, and incest. Ooh. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Lewis Carroll also is. Uh, <laughs> um, th- there were some rumors about him um, and and some of his proclivities, which 
may or may not line up with some of those things, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to speak too ill of the dead when I don't know much of what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a if anyone out there has game. any, yeah, look at if this. anyone out there has any fun memories of the Alice in Wonderland games, scares in October, Alice in Wonderland books, <laughs> uh, or yeah, if anyone out there has any any uh, fond memories of the Alice in Wonderland books, damn, or have have you ever played this game? Definitely let us know. Uh, but yeah, what about this song, dude? What do you think about this song? Ooh, she's got something in her mouth. What is that? It's all edited out. <laughs> Brian is is quite uh, quite distracted. You've been pulled oh, in. Not, not really. No, <laughs> this, these screenshots are insane, dude. Um, the track, I mean, yeah, even if you do a Google search on Black Souls 2, it's going to return results for Dark Souls 2. Um, yep. I did that and was like, no, I didn't search for that. And I wasn't able to normally search for this game because algorithms think you mean Dark Souls 2. Um, this track is very reminiscent of what Sakuraba did for Dark Souls. No idea who composed it, no idea where it came from, um, but whoever did this probably was thinking Sakuraba and Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely hear this, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I, I really like it. I like the just the driving beat, the drums, the choir, the strings, you know. It's uh it's not, you know, the highest of Sakuraba's quality, but um but yeah, it's a nice strong beginning I think to our uh, to our spooky season. All right. Well, you can't really beat uh incest, I guess. Where do we go from there? Um well, uh how about if we go to a little bit of necrophilia with uh with Dracula? I mean, is it necrophilia if they're undead? <laughs> uh no, I think that just sounds like a good time. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, <laughs> then um Yeah, let's uh let's jump in, man. Uh, another another literary monster, but also a, a movie yes, monster. Yes. So this universal monster, this is my uh universal monster block. So cool. I brought 3. Um and this universal monster is based on this book or novel or whatever the hell it is, right? Um piece of writing. I don't know. What do you what do you call Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, it, it is a novel. Um, is it a novel? It, it's a novel in letters, I guess, is what I would say. So it's kind of a sub sub genre, but it is definitely a novel. Okay, well, more yeah. than any other like big type of literature, like poetry or play or anything like that. Perfect. Well, they made a couple games based on, in particular, Bram Stoker's Dracula. We've played a song a long time ago from this particular SNES version of the game on the show. I don't know when. Probably in an October episode somewhere. Couldn't tell you. But uh, we are going to take a listen to kick things off Forest of the Undead from Bram Stoker's Dracula released in September of 1993 composed by Andy Brock Thank you. 
Coming up next, let's take a listen to title theme from The Mummy Demastered, released October 24th, 2017, composed by Gavin Allen. Closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to Monster Bash from Pinball FX3, released October 29th, 2019, composed by Attila Heger.
Coming back in, we are first talking about Forest of the Undead from Bram Stoker's Dracula, again released September 1993, composed by Andy Brock. Nice little, uh, kind of, what did, what did you call it? Like a Castlevania rock, but there's a, there's a name, almost like gothic rock style. Yeah, of goth rock, here. I think I, yeah. I've heard, I've heard that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, could, could have fit in, in, uh, in a Castlevania, like an NES Castle, or, or a SNES Castlevania stage. Um, and, uh, yeah, just cool. Kind of creepy, but, but definitely moving, you know, got that forward momentum. So, man, I think that's the second episode in a row. We talked about tracks having a forward momentum. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be one of the new bingo spaces, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. but, uh, what's up? <laughs> Nothing. Just, uh, okay. New bingo space. What are you going to get rid of? Yep. What are you going to stop saying all the time? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What's, I'll, I'll what's think time to get retired? Ethereal? Is it time to put that Ethere- one to pasture for a bit? eclectic, going places. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this art, too. That's uh, got, It's cool. Yeah, Reminiscent cool. of the hardcover of this novel is it not somewhat yeah i, I don't yeah. remember this is, i think this is pretty well i think that but the 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 name dracula looks like it often looks on the cover of the book and uh yeah this is this is cool so i mean this dracula really kind of started what we know of as like vampire lore in in the modern era uh you know it, lots of different cultures have vampiric monsters but this is the one that most of us are are familiar with well, it's either this or Twilight. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, but I don't think anybody in Twilight is based on an, an actual uh, Romanian prince who apparently was, was something of a butcher and a barbarian. Well, you must be talking about Vlad, yeah. my, Vlad. Good friend, good old, my good friend. My good friend, Vlad. <laughs> but yeah, nice track, dude. Nice track. Forest of the Undead. Yeah, no idea where I've not played this game. Um, Me neither. It's probably not that good. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Matt Furness actually composed the Genesis version of the soundtrack. Cool. Um, Mike Clark did the um, Sega CD version. I don't know who that is. So I don't know who Mike Clark is, unfortunately. Yeah, I haven't heard that name either. And then uh, Urintel did the NES Master System and Game Gear versions. Oh wow! So a couple of couple of big names, especially European names, on yeah. this one. Huh. Interesting, interesting. There was an Amiga version, but it doesn't say who composed that one. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it didn't have music. Hmm. I mean that that would be that would be odd um, yeah, on the Amiga, be. I think. But I don't know. Um, might be worth looking into. It would be cool sometime to do like bonus episodes or um, or something where we like look at a, a game like this that has different composers across different platforms, and we compare kind of music from all the different ones. Especially if we could find like the same names, like this right. Is the sewers yeah. from Andy Brock, but no, this is the sewers from Matt Furness. Yeah, this is the sewers from your Intel, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked yeah. about that some some point too. It's I definitely an idea. I mean, yeah, it's definitely an yeah. idea. I mean, it's not like we're you know we're short of ideas or anything. So <laughs> yeah, definitely an idea to keep in mind though. It'd be fun to do. Um, middle track came from another Universal monster. This one from a movie that tried to modernize it, I guess. Right? Like they tried to modernize the Universal Mummy. Um, and they made the Mummy Demastered based on that movie, which was a pretty dope Metroidvania release back. Back in 2017, this track again composed by Gavin Allen. Dude, this is such a vibe. Oh my god, this is this totally is really me. Cool. Yeah. This dark, chill synth wave. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and I mean, is and is this based on the the Tom Cruise mummy? 
It sure is. Okay, so not the Brendan Fraser mummy, but... <laughs> Correct, the Tom Cruise gotcha. mummy that, uh, like I said, was supposed to be, according to Universal, it was their attempt to kickstart the Dark Universe, a yeah. modern cinematic universe based on the classic Universal Monsters film series. But... This film's poor reception and performance led to the cancellation of those plans. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, never uh, never took off because apparently um, the idea wasn't uh, wasn't strong enough for even Tom Cruise to be able to help kickstart it. So, <laughs> a guy who is who is no um, no stranger to action franchises, but still <laughs> couldn't make this one work. But we got um, a pretty dope game out of the idea. I heard a lot of good things about this game. This um, game's and fun. I looked, and I, I mentioned while we were listening, I thought Jake Coffin had done a mummy game. I think I might have somehow associated him with this one, but he is not credited on anything that has anything to do with mummies that I could see. Okay. You were wrong. I was. I was. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this track, though, man. This is some really nice... What, what did you call this? Dark, retro wave, synth wave, chill wave. You can call it a lot of things. Yeah, something wave. Uh, yeah, chill chill wave is what I said when we were listening to it. Okay. Because that's yeah. just kind of some of the playlists remind me of this style. Um, but, it, I mean, like, there's got to be a term like dark wave or something like that as well, which is more horror wave, I think, is a genre. So maybe we're kind of leaning into that a little bit, um, which is all just synth wave just with yeah. a different you know feel to it right slightly <laughs> different flavors yeah kind of like it's all the same you know, thing hard rock modern rock classic rock synth rock soft rock you know it's a you know it's <laughs> it's all the they same. all came out of the same same place yeah. just just a different flavor they're marketing terms right <laughs> absolutely absolutely what it is is it's very good music so that's a different podcast <laughs> different podcast no longer exists so yep. I'll, I'll try well, out it's still, it's still out there it's still out there it's, it's still got listen to um, it. is anyone doing there. that probably not but it's still out there I'm just kidding <laughs> I don't look at the metrics anymore but I guess if there's any listeners here who do ever go back and listen to any uh, very good music episodes I guess let me know <laughs> but yeah um, <laughs> it's just fun stuff though dude cool yeah. stuff super fun and then we get to the last track of that block there, which actually, and I couldn't tell you. Um, now, I do know for a fact that Monster Bash is a legit pinball table. It was, you know, produced and made, distributed by Williams. Um, they made a lot of pinball tables. Uh, they made a lot of Universal Monster pinball tables, apparently. They also did, like, a Creature from the Black Lagoon one. But this particular table, Monster Bash, features pretty much all of the Universal Monsters in there somewhere. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, the Creature, Wolfman, uh, the Werewolf, because I think the Wolfman and the Werewolf are two different people, right? Um, I couldn't tell you. The I couldn't uh, tell Dracula's you. Dracula's in there. I think I think it's kind of like Wolfman and the Werewolf are kind of like Dracula and vampires. Okay, because so there were two like different movies. The there was one movie specific... called The Wolfman and one called mm -hmm. um, Werewolves of London that featured, and there's clearly two werewolves there in the middle of this pinball table. So, yeah. Um, and there's also and the course, Phantom Dr. of the Opera, because Phantom of the Opera is technically a universal monster. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why the Phantom's there. But it's, it's funny, though. I see Dr. Frankenstein and Igor and uh, the monster and his bride. Yep. All that. Absolutely. But uh, this was my way of incorporating them all and kind of a cool tune. I don't know if this actually plays um, in the, you know, the arcade unit, the pinball unit itself. I don't know. Um, this is the music that plays when you're selecting it in Pinball FX3. 
Uh, this was added in 2019 as like a Universal Monsters Halloween edition to the game. They added a bunch of tables around that time for Halloween. Um, but yeah, composed again by Attila Heger. They did all of the music for the pinball effects games from what I could tell. Um, couldn't find any specific credits or anything like that. So just going with that. This song, this song is a lot of fun. It, it does make me think of a lot of the, like the pinball rock that I hear in the arcades. <laughs> yeah, there's a chance this could be legitly from the table, or legit from the table. Legitly is not a word. Could be should be but Le- legitly i like that legitly um i also love that the monsters are all playing instruments on the, the art <laughs> at the back yeah. of the machine <laughs> dude it's the monsters of rock look there's the monster mosh pit there in the middle monsters of rock cd at the bottom and the monsters of that rock. would be a nice nice cover for for this week's episode <laughs> <laughs> Um, see if I yeah, can maybe get is... that in some good resolution. Yeah, but I like it. Yeah, also you see, you know, a sarcophagus there, which of course there's the mummy. Um, yeah, and yeah, the uh, the creature from the black lagoon, the fish monster, and yeah, those are all the all the big names. I think creature feature man, uh, mm-hmm. good stuff, good stuff. And this this is uh, just that nice cheesy vanilla '80s sound. That's oh yeah, just fun to listen to. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Pinball tables are crazy. They still are. Like, like, there's so much work goes into those things. Damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. Absolutely um, crazy. It'd be a fun thing to do sometime. Pinball games. E- either, like, pinball video games or pulling music from actual pinball games. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. But, all right. All so right. That, was your, that was your universal block. Yep. And now, um, my next block doesn't really have much of a theme. I guess we'll talk about it a little more when we come back. But it does have some really cool music. And... It has got uh, music from the game that I asked you to remind me to bring, which you did, and I almost didn't. Which you almost <laughs> didn't bring. I almost didn't. On purpose, um, even. Yep, yep. We will talk about that, though. But first, we're going to get into some nice retro goodness. This is going to be Basilisk Minefield, or Act 4-2, from Ninja Gaiden. Released December 9th, 1988. Composed by Kiji Yamagishi and Ryuchi Mita.
Next up, we're going to listen to It's Raining Minotaurs from Vampire Survivors, released October 20th, 2022, composed by Filippo Vicarelli. Closing out my first block, we are going to listen to a nuclear device from Hunter Hunted, released November 8, 1996, composed by Loudmouth.
coming back in, we are first talking about the Basilisk Minefield Act 4-2 from Ninja Gaiden. Once again, released December 9th, 1988 and composed by Keiji Yamagashi and Ryuichi Mita. And yeah, man, classic Ninja Gaiden track Classic here. Tecmo, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. I think I described it as like, sounds like what if Konami had done a Mega Man game. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's because it's got that same sort of like Mega Man style of composition, but it sounds like more like, you know, Castlevania, Contra, those kind of instruments. Um, but just, I mean, just good stuff, man. Really, really nice uh, use of the NES hardware. Uh, there's not really any empty space, and yet all of it sounds good, like it's where it's supposed to be. Um, a few different sections, so the loop is a little bit hard to identify because it changes every like 15 or 20 seconds, and... You know, it just kind of keeps going. Goes just places or going. just keeps going? I, w I would say it goes places, yeah. I mean, it's not okay. a very long track. The loop is between <laughs> 45 seconds and a minute. But yeah, within that it, within that frame, it certainly does go places. Oh, fair. And okay. I don't think you actually fight a giant snake in this level. It's probably just what the minefield is named is after. A but, is uh, a basilisk a giant snake? Basilisk is a giant snake that turns... Uh, its gaze can turn people to stone. Hmm. Um, I, I yeah, swear, like basilisks in Warcraft are like almost like crocodiles. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there are some some elements of it that play fast and loose, but yeah, the the, yeah, the they mythological look like almost yeah basilisk or the the classic basilisk is a is a giant snake, a giant like a king of the serpents sort of sort of monster. Okay. Nice. And it is its sworn enemy is the cockatrice. Um this this like rooster type monster that can that is immune to the basilisks um like uh you know his gaze. So sometimes uh, it's its look will kill, sometimes it'll turn you to stone, but it's a yeah, just an ancient European monster um that uh is also sometimes conveyed as sort of something looking kind of like a dragon or kind of like a griffin, but um, yeah, it's, uh, in most modern renditions, and this is probably really heavily influenced by Harry Potter, because that's how, how J.K. Rowling portrays it, is a giant snake. Okay, so. perfect. Uh, these games all have great soundtracks, by the way. We've played quite a bit from the Ninja Gaiden franchise throughout the years. These all have great yeah, soundtracks. Yeah, absolutely. Every iteration of Ninja Gaiden has some really great, um really great soundtracks yeah for sure huh wow this is interesting okay i thought this was a european monster but apparently a basilisk is also referenced in the hebrew bible hmm. can you stop being wrong uh, I, I could try um i'm not always very good at that but uh, uh i mean it, it definitely did come into like come into vogue in the in european but so, so, i don't know this is i'm looking at wikipedia so i mean it take it with a grain of salt but um <laughs> There's some wild stuff on here that I never knew about, but uh, yeah, the basilisk is a legendary reptile reputed to be the serpent king who causes death to those who look into its eyes. Um, some of them, uh, like the basilisk of Cyrene, is a small snake, snake being not more than 12 inches in length, uh, but it is so venomous that it leaves a wide trail of deadly venom and its gaze is lethal. The basilisk's weakness is the odor of the weasel. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, right. so uh, um, it's possible the legend of the basilisk and its association with the weasel in Europe was inspired by accounts of certain species of Asian and African snakes like cobras. And uh, they're, you know, they're blood feud with mongooses. Um, okay, apparently I mentioned the cockatrice. In some legends, the cockatrice is like the sworn enemy of the basilisk. In others, it is kind of synonymous with the basilisk. So they get kind of conflated sometimes. 
Uh, but yeah, apparently in the book of Isaiah, um, Isaiah fourteen twenty nine, the prophet tells the, the Philistines, Rejoice not, O Philistia, all of thee, because the rod that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a basilisk, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. So yeah, all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, yeah, we can talk a little more about the basilisk later, because spoiler alert, this is the monster who's going to pop back up. You can't possibly have more to say about the basilisk later. Uh, I probably won't, but but we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely have something to say about that song. I think. I think Just that one might end up Just take half of that and your... put it in the show later. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what you uh, what you think about that song. But uh, okay, well, yeah, that's your last track of the episode. Actually, I'll get to that later. I was also really excited to hear what you thought about my next track. Yeah, I've not heard this before, actually. <laughs> yeah, from Vampire Survivors. This is "It's Raining Minotaurs." You didn't do that good enough. <laughs> I'm going to need a little bit better. You want me to do it again? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is uh, from Vampire Survivors. This is It's Raining Minotaurs. No, man. What's going <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, dude. It's Raining Minotaurs. <laughs> there you go. Come on. What the you hell's wrong it. with you? You take it. I don't know. I'm not feeling it tonight. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If I listen to this song enough, you know, the 30-minute looping YouTube video that, that I found, if I listen to it enough, I might get into it. This... Man, this makes me want to go play this game again. What did you think of this track? So I've not played Vampire Survivors. Um, I know Kyle is a big fan of this game and was trying to get me to play it when it first was hitting Game Pass. I never did. I think Sean even picked it up and became a fan of it for a minute there. But um, I did skip it. Uh, So I'm not super familiar with a lot of the tracks in the game. This is excellent, though. This is super dope. Very, uh, very club feel. Um... Like a like a speedy version though. I'm trying to think of what genre that is. Um, it, it's I mean it's definitely dance. You know, like yeah. It's a I mean it, it's, it could um, just be electronic dance. I, I wasn't sure if it would get into the any other those sub genres, but um, yeah, this is a dope track. Those dude. drums though, man. Those like drum trills almost. This is a cool track. Loving that stuff. And then that synth. The Definitely does call back to the era of It's Raining Men. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, Hallelujah. Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite tracks from the game. Maybe my favorite track. I haven't played this game in almost a year, but I was playing it for two or three months there, like, every day. It's it's so fun, and it's so addictive, and you can play it for five minutes, or you can play it for ten hours. <laughs> it just... You know, it's it's got that one more round sort of thing going for it. Right. And basically it's it's kind of like a shooter ish game. It has that same feel to it, but all you do is for anybody who hasn't played this, you control a character in the middle of the screen and all you do is walk around and pick things up. Um, as you pick up more things, um, you become more powerful and enemies are coming from the edge of the screen toward you like constantly. And you start out with a series with, you know, a couple of different weapons, depending on what character you pick. And as you kill monsters, they drop things that you can pick up and it gives you either like one off really powerful items or new weapons or it upgrades your weapons. And you're basically trying to survive for 30 minutes in, in a level, 20 or 30 minutes. Um, sometimes you don't make it five, like I said, and sometimes you, you finish and it, it gets wild, man. It gets just bananas. And, but the music is all, it's like this, it's upbeat stuff, except for a couple of the darker levels toward the end. It's all stuff like this that really keeps you going and keeps your blood pumping. And if, if anybody hasn't tried this out, it's, it's pretty cheap on steam. Um, I, I would recommend it. Uh, I, 
I didn't think I would like this kind of game, and I, I adored it. <laughs> yeah, it's basically its own genre. It did something completely unique and different. It, it has spawned a few different uh, imitators. Probably the one I'm most familiar with is Brotato, which is the same premise, but you're a sentient potato that gets more and more powerful guns. My uh, <laughs> my 12-year-old really likes that game. It's silly and cartoony and violent. Um, this one, though, yeah, this was, I think, the first of its kind. And this music was composed by um, Filippo Vicarelli. That almost has to be an Italian composer. Uh, Seemed to be the case. And he's done some more mobile games. Uh, Vampire Survivors has been released on almost everything now, but uh, Vicarelli has also done Hoopland for iOS and Android. Snowfighter for PC and Mac is also a browser game. Um, melatonin for PC and Mac, which that sounds interesting by, by half a sleep studio. That's yeah, like we, we talked about that. Um, at some point back when we did next level, Kyle was interested in that. Um, I think we may have even gotten a key for it thinking back. I'm not seeing anything else that I really know of. He's done a lot of like small games. Uh, Vampire survivors far and away is the most popular game that he has composed for. But this really makes me want to check out more of his stuff because I'm remembering how good this music was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a really good track, man. This one's cool. And that is going to take us to the, the track from the game that I asked you to remind me to bring something from, which is Hunter Hunted. And um, I'll talk a little more about this game in a minute. Uh, the monster in this game is also a minotaur-like creature. Uh, it is actually an alien from um, a, a species called the... Uh, well, it doesn't actually say what they're called, but they're from the planet Coolrath. And um, that minotaur creature you're looking at on the cover, his name is Garath Den. And he is one of the two protagonists of this game. The other one is the dude, the human dude you're looking at, whose name is Jake, uh, Jake Hunter. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, before I get into the game, this track, different different feel, more more industrial, more that, you know, mid to late 90s. I was going to say very, uh, this was Sierra, so I'm assuming, yeah, it even says that, right? PC. Um, so it does have that mid to late 90s uh, feel to it, sound almost, like... It's not generic, but it's also not super original. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And the front of the the front half of the track, more than the back half, uh, the earlier part of the track is a lot more. I think a lot more generic. And then it sinks into a groove that I really, really like. Um, and so, have you ever heard of this game? No. Okay. No. Is <laughs> Hunter Hunted? Is Hunter Hunter is an anime? Is, is yeah, Hunter, Hunter X Hunter or Hunter Cross yeah. Hunter. Uh, not related that, in that any I've way heard at all. Of. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, apparently it is related to a couple of later games uh, in the Earthlink series. Um, Earth or Earth Siege. Uh, Metal Tech Earth Siege. Um Never, those games don't really refer to it, but the later game Star Siege does make Hunter Hunted a big part in the backstory. I never heard of those games, and I would not have heard of Hunter Hunted if it weren't for the fact that my best friend at the time got a copy of it just randomly as like a birthday gift or something, and really liked it and made me play it, and I ended up really liking it too. It's, it's a little hard to describe. It's kind of a side-scrolling, not really arena, but like a if the arena was two players or two like main figures. Um, basically, you play as either Jake or Gareth Den in this side-scrolling sort of Metrovania-style level, 
Um, and you are making your way up and down different like levels of the stage. Uh, you can go in and out of doors. You can kind of step forward into the foreground to dodge projectiles, but you have to get past monsters and mechs. And the goal, so what has happened is both Earth and the the planet that uh, Gareth Den is from have been taken over by these super powerful aliens called who call themselves the Masters. And they bring uh, hu- um, entities from planets they've enslaved to this planet and make them fight each other. And so it's kind of like Mad TV that we talked about last week. And so Jake and uh, Gareth Den, independently of each other, they, they are trying to stay away from each other because technically they're supposed to be killing each other. But they... And when they when they come into contact, they do fight. Like if you are playing as Jake and you come into contact with Gareth, he will try to kill you and vice versa. But your main objective is to collect different like parts and machines so that you can construct a ship and get off this planet and get away from the masters. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's a it was a pretty cool game. And um, I haven't looked it up. I'm sure it's available online like a lot of these old DOS games are, but uh, or Windows games. This isn't technically a DOS game, but I always, you know, I conflate the two a lot, but but yeah, it was a fun game. Yeah, I think not uh, Gareth has a all actually. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it's not point and click. Yeah, it, it was um well keyboard uh, and I think I think maybe mouse when I when I played it, but uh, mostly keyboard. It's um uh, it could very easily I think be adapted to controller. Um, but it had from what I remember and from what I'm seeing online, pretty decent gameplay. The the graphics looked pretty nice. Uh, the story is neat, and um, yeah, I think um, it was a pretty good game. And but all I can think of when I look at the uh, the YouTube video is Gareth Den's massive underbite, and how that mouth is just—it doesn't make any sense for a creature <laughs> that eats food. <laughs> Definitely doesn't look like a standard Minotaur. No, no, he's got a lot of teeth too. Dang, yeah, yep. a lot of teeth. And that's a that is one massive pistol that Jake is swinging around too. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than his head, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's got some big arms though. He can lug it around. That's right. This is so nineties, dude. Yeah, his his biceps and his shoulder look like <laughs> like <laughs> inhumanly jacked. It's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you would think that like he turns into the creature behind him. It does kind of look like that. But he doesn't. Nope. Yeah, he does not. Unfortunate. He should. Yeah. Missed opportunity. <laughs> that's why his arms are so big. Yep. Well, that's and right. And they have the similar jaw. Dude, I think it's I think it's him. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe. Like an alternate <laughs> universe kind of thing. Like Gareth Den is Jake from a different universe when, yeah. when Earth was populated by... When, when cows were the ones that evolved and not monkeys. <laughs> yeah. One of those alternate universes. There's a plethora of them. One for everything that could potentially happen. It's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> good word. All right, dude. Yeah, I am... Uh... Excited to get into this next round because I'm I'm interested to hear what you have what you have to say about some of these. Uh... Yeah, well, like I said, this block is t- technically just a, a mythological block. We have, uh, I guess, Greek, right? That's uh, the first one, if I'm not mistaken. Looks like it. And then uh, Egyptian in the middle there, and uh, some Norse at the end. A little mythology right. block. Yeah. So uh, sounds good. Yeah, I like it. We will kick things off by taking a listen to the Oracle from Apotheon. This released on February 3rd, 2015. It was composed by Marios Aristopoulos, featuring Zanabel on vocals.
Next up, we're going to take a listen to The Shimmering Sands from Assassin's Creed Origins. This released on October 27th, 2017, and it was composed by Sarah Schachner. Closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to The Hand of Odin from God of War Ragnarok. Released November 9th, 2022, composed by Bear McCreary.
Coming back in, we are first talking about the Oracle from Apotheon, again released February 3rd, 2015, composed by Mario Sarastopoulos, featuring Zana Bell on vocals or chanting or noisemaking, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was her. And uh, yeah, Mario Sarastopoulos. What a name. Yeah, I wonder if this game was like, I don't know, if it was developed. Is this a Greek thing? Doesn't look like it. Alien Trap Games doesn't look like they're Greek, but well, they're from uh, Canada. Um, but yeah, Marios Aristopoulos—that is—that is definitely a Greek name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool little game that, if I'm remembering correctly, launched shortly after. Maybe not right away. Could have been right away. But I remember this being a free game on. PlayStation Plus at some point because I have this. I've never played it, okay. but I have it unlocked on my PlayStation library. Um, cool little or cool looking game, I should say. Uh, art style, very reminiscent of like Greek pottery, which is kind of cool. Um, and the yeah, soundtrack's pretty dope. So. I will have to listen to more of this. This is, uh, all three of these tracks are definitely, they're a departure from what we've been listening to so far, and they're They've got sort of that ominous, creepy vibe. This one more than the other two, but oh um, yeah, uh, I really like the vibe of this block and um, this. The the vocals here are really, really cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, so yeah, this was Greek mythology. Uh, in ancient Greece, the gods have begun to punish the humans of Earth, resenting their arrogance and defiance among their societies. So Zeus is pissed, basically, and that's the reason Apotheon exists. Yeah, as he as he often is. <laughs> And then we get into the middle track, which comes from Assassin's Creed Origins. We listened to The Shimmering Sands, again released on October 27th. As you pointed out, a lot of October releases on the playlist. Uh, yeah. 2017. And of course, composed by Sarah Schachner, who I do enjoy. I think she is fantastic. Yeah. I think I, I considered her at one point, I think, for our Masters of Hollywood episode. Yeah, you did. Yeah, at one point. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah. But Assassin's Creed Origins takes place in Egypt, and even though the game, you know, does involve some historical elements. There's also some mythological elements built into this game as well. Not everything is based on history. Um, and they pull okay. a lot from Egyptian mythology for certain things, certain bosses, certain quests. Um, this arc of Assassin's Creed, so Assassin's Creed Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, like that arc of three games, which were the three most recent before Mirage comes out literally like the day after this podcast posts, I think. <laughs> um, I think it comes out early October, October 5th, I think. But uh, those three games were phenomenal. Like some of the best Assassin's Creed's in quite some time. It's probably two. Uh, Mirage looks like a step back. I'm hoping it's good, but it looks like a step back. Uh, this is another creepy track. It is. It is, but but with an Egyptian flavor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Got an air of mystery about it. Some danger, as you like to say. Yep. Do all three of those games have, then, do they have mythological um, influences in them? Yes. Mm -hmm. Based on the titles, that makes sense. But yeah, I was curious, so... Um, but that is cool. I uh, I am somewhat familiar with these mythologies, mostly through the work of Rick Riordan, who did the Percy Jackson books. Uh, so the Percy Jackson books are all about um, like modern day Greek demigods, 
And then he also has some some Roman stuff that's directly connected to Percy Jackson. He does he has an Egyptian series and a Norse series that are loosely tied. It's all in the same universe, but they're not as closely tied to anything else. But uh, they're pretty cool. So anybody who is interested in sort of like entry-level mythology stuff, he does teach myth and uh, Greek and Latin at a, a school here in Texas. But oh, Rick Riordan is, uh, yeah, um, pretty cool author in this area. Okay. Very cool. My Very kids cool. all really like him. He has another book coming out this uh, this week, actually. I think so. Um, but yeah, all of this just reminds me of of him. So. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I like the vibe of this track. Super cool. Origins has a really great soundtrack. We played something from it somewhat recently in our Ides of March episode. Didn't you bring something from this? Uh, maybe because um, there's like a Caesar and Cleopatra yeah. uh, mm-hmm. section or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I'm pretty um, sure you did. Yeah, I think so. And although that wasn't really recently, man, that was like seven months ago now. <laughs> I know, but still this year at least. Still crazy, this year. Crazy how fast this year is. It's gone yeah, by. Still this year. Um. Do you have like a favorite area or a favorite like mythological boss from this game or anything? Um, no, no, not really. <laughs> I feel like the Egyptians from the um, next game. Yes, but not really from from Origins. I would love to see the God of War games go like come to Egypt because there is some really, really cool Egyptian uh, stuff like with the gods and goddesses. There are some really, really cool things that I think well, they people would enjoy. Probably will at some point, I would imagine. Um, you know, they've already tackled tackled Greek. They've tackled now Norse with as yeah. we move into Which the, are the third track. The big there. two that yeah. that uh, we think of here. Yeah. God of War Ragnarok, we listened to The Hand of Odin, again, released on November 9th, 2022, almost a year ago, composed by the incredible Bear McCreary. Man, I love him yep. so much. He is he is so good, man. I've got another um You didn't say much during this track. <laughs> I, I was just vibing, dude. I was listening, <laughs> and uh, I've got a composer in my next block who actually I I always kind of think of him and Bear McCreary yep. at the same time. Yeah, um, I'm glad. You know I'm, gla- about. I'm glad they're both on this episode. Actually, makes me happy. Um, but yeah, Norse mythology has now been done for God of War, so. I mean, there's still room for them to do more with Norse mythology because they haven't done it all yet. And there's still some plot elements that should be closed that were left open in Ragnarok. But there is always the opportunity for them to, you know, go to Egyptian mythology or go to, I don't know, Mayan or Incan. You know what I mean? Like they could do so many different things with Kratos and just have that be like the mythological series for Sony. Like it works. It works out. Yeah, I would love to see. Um, I would love to see them do some things with like the Mesoamerican um, gods or like African mythology. Uh, of course, you think of like there's Chinese, I mean, Hindu. I mean, God, Jeff could go go wild with uh, what Kratos could do in Hindu mythology, <laughs> um, but. You know, Japanese. Uh, I almost brought something from Okami with um, Amaterasu. Okay, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on my on my honorable mentions list. And uh, but I think the main reason I didn't is because I wanted to lean more into the monster aspect of this and have some monsters from you know have my monsters be from myth. So I would like combine them both. But I like how you approached them separately. Like you did a monster block, and then now you're doing a myth block. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of how it worked out. It, yeah. Um, 
once I realized I could only find three universal monster tracks that I enjoyed. <laughs> figured, well, liked. that's a block. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. There's at least one block. But it worked out well because musically, this this block just works really, really well. It's really consistent. Yeah, I thought it all flowed really well. I'm going to part in the track now. We just passed the, the two-minute mark, and the choir and the horns are just taking off, and this, this part's really cool. My favorite mythological boss from this game probably is Gryla. One more time the music was too loud gryla gryla okay mm-hmm. yeah super cool boss fight uh in mythological terms or uh she was an ogre or is an ogre oh, typically associated right. with christmas and okay. yes um in this particular game she is the grandmother of a character that you meet throughout your journeys and okay. she is a giant, right? Because she can also be not just an ogre. She can also be depicted as a troll or a giant. Um, and the boss fight against her has you kind of running around her home, which is a giant home. And you are very small <laughs> and kind of like <laughs> running, cool. running up things, running along counters, running along the table, hiding behind cans and stuff like as you do things to damage her. It's a cool fight. That is really cool. And Gryla, it looks like, is specifically um, associated with uh, with Icelandic mythology, which is a particular branch of Norse mythology. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Nice. I uh, The monster I looked up from North, Norse mythology I was going to try to find something for is Fenris or Fenrir, the, the, the giant wolf. Yeah, Fenrir is in God of War. Oh, I'm, yeah, that would have been a total missed opportunity. Not with if he, as if he wasn't there. a boss, though. It's kind of like a companion. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Finner is one of those characters who has kind of a unique uh, presentation. Uh, he can be different things. Um, I guess in, in a lot of mythologies, there are things like that that could be, you know, portrayed in different ways, depending on, on the tradition you're reading from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's such a dope track, man. Um, you know, we've played quite a bit from the soundtrack to God of War Ragnarok. We did an entire focus episode on it back after it released. Um, I've played tracks from it on various other episodes. It's getting thin in terms of what we can bring, but this one we still not played before. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, um, uh, speaking of um, mythology, Hindu myth, this is actually from just sort of general South Asian mythology, the, the track that is coming up. Um, and I pulled uh, from, from my, my major resource when it comes to that, uh, that part of the world, which is Prof Jeff. Um, the monster that we're talking about in my next, in my first block, my first track of the next block is the Rakshasa. So we'll talk more about that when we come back, but the golden uh, if Rakshasa. you're ready, we can go ahead and jump in. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So yeah, opening up my last block is Evil Spirit Rakshasa from Neptunia Cross Sinran Kagura Ninja Wars, released October 26, 2021, composed by Yuki Sugiyora.
Next up, we're going to listen to Typhon's Lair from Immortals Phoenix Rising, released December 3rd, 2020, composed by Gareth Coger.
Closing out my second block, we're listening to Ballad of the Basilisk from RuneScape 3, released July 22nd, 2013, composed by Ian Taylor. Winter air bitten with frost, and none would dare venture where many were lost. We sailed his mighty longship to the island of stone, where the king of the serpents had made it his home. The storm it was a raging, waves broke on the deck. The bell rang with a tolling to warn of a wreck, but naught could deter him from the fate of his quest. Winds tore through the mainsail, yet onward he pressed. Sing praise to our hero, and never which it When peace spoke the basilisk, and freed us from fear. Hit, roll, beat, smoke, praise, chill, freed us from fear. He cleared the cavern, but dare not go in. He bellowed to the beast there, and it crawled to him. This reign of the feminine, with the crown on its head, smoked out from the hollow, its eyes burning red. All those who looked upon it were doomed by its gaze. Their hearts are cold granite, their veins are stone maze. The more the mighty serpent gave white like a gaze. Coming back in, we're first taking a little detour uh, southeast of where we've been. Talking Weep about land. Evil Spirit. Yeah, Rakshasa my favorite land. From Neptunia x Sinran oh. Kagura, or Cross in Sinran oh, Kagura, Ninja Wars. <laughs> 
You say Weebland? Yeah. So, well, I mean, the Kagura game, and yes. Neptunia. Yeah, Hyperdimension Neptunia. So. Come on. <laughs> um, Maybe. Yeah. Before uh, before you talk a little about that, because I think you know more about Neptunia. Than I know I nothing do about sure. this game, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I know only know what I read online, but um, but I did ask Jeff about, about the uh, Rakshasa. I mentioned this game to him earlier, too, and he said he likes the Sinran Kagura music. He's never really been able to get into the games, but he said he thought that you knew the Neptunia franchise. Yeah, I've played all the (laughs) Neptunia games for the most part. The mainline games, I should say, not necessarily the spinoff games like this. Um, But yeah, all the all the mainline Neptunia games I have played and own several of them, actually. Well, the Rakshasas and this is apparently like a boss fight in this game is the evil spirit Rakshasa. Uh, the Rakshasas are demonic, from Jeff, they're like demonic magical ogres who eat people and hate Vedic sacrifices and Buddhist monks. Uh, there have been two virtuous Rakshasas, but probably not more than that. And so, yeah, they're in um, Hindu mythology and also in, like, uh, you know, Buddhist literature and things like that. Okay. And, yeah. The only, the only Rakshasa I'm familiar mm-hmm. with is the Golden Rakshasa, who is uh, Aurelia Le Guin from the Legend of Heroes franchise. She first appears ah, okay. in uh, Trails of Cold Steel 2. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, this is the uh, the mythological critter that, sh- that she's named after. Yeah. <laughs> Evil Spirit Rakshasa. <laughs> so yeah, this, this game from all the reviews online, it was it was very mid. Uh, it did not live up to the hype of either of the series that crossed over. It was okay. It was you know serviceable, but it wasn't as good as the actual you know the series. So yeah, um, which I think is pretty par for the course for most of the Neptunia spinoff games. I think their mainline games are really fun. They are very fan servicey and get made fun of all the time. But I think the games are enjoyable. But their spinoff games, I stopped playing them because they've never been that great. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned, uh, I already knew Sinran Kagura was definitely very fan servicey. Um, oh, yeah. I, I wasn't are. familiar much with, with Neptunia, but it sounds like they, they seemed like they would be a good match. But <laughs> Oh, it crosses over very well in terms of art style and over-exaggerations, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Yuki Sugiura is a name I wasn't as familiar with. Um, I'm looking to see if they are involved in in either of these franchises. I would assume so. She's probably in-house at Compile Heart. Okay. Um, That's my guess. Yeah. Is that a name, though, that, that that you are familiar with? Or, no, but not at all. Okay, yeah, that would that would make sense if she was. On but staff. I'm just assuming um, she is. Yeah, I'm looking at her VGM DB right now, and actually not seeing a whole lot. Um, Sinran Nin, Nin Ninja Tizen Neptune. Okay, that's the soundtrack of this game. Uh, she did do Neptunia Sisters versus Sisters. Um, and yeah, before that, not a lot of stuff I recognize. But this is a nice track, though. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's got a nice Yuki... kind of final boss sound, which. Yuki Sugiura I think I also... is the founding member of the band Heinrich von Ofterdingen. Hmm. Heinrich von Ofterdingen. That is a very German name. Hmm. It is. She doesn't look German. <laughs> That's not a German name. She also name. doesn't look Japanese, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, huh. But yeah, uh, does say she's written and composed for several Japanese titles that Idea Factory released. Spectral Force Legacy, Spectral Gene, Death Connection, L2, Love Cross Loop, whatever that is. 
Um, I also think. Hang on. Okay. Yes, indeed. It's a guy. My bad. Okay. I yeah. See, I thought that's why that's why I kind of led with they because I wasn't sure. <laughs> um, Yuki could go either way from from my experience with composer names, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, that's why that's why we only do the finest research here on Beachmania. The, the finest <laughs> of research. <laughs> and we are we are never wrong except when we are, <laughs> and then Often. then usually we'll we'll correct ourselves sometimes. <laughs> in the same episode <laughs> yeah so that was the uh the rakshasa the, the the hindu buddhist evil demon spirits then we move into another giant snake usually um another big kind of final boss sort of a uh, sort of area talking about typhon from greek mythology uh, we listened to typhon's lair from immortals phoenix rising by a composer who we are familiar with, Gareth Coker. Yeah, man, Gareth Coker. I'm glad both he and Bear McCreary are on the episode today. It means it's a good one for sure. Um, <laughs> this is a very Breath of the Wild inspired game, right? Ubisoft capitalizing yes. on the success to what Nintendo had in 2017. This game came out uh, literally three years later. It was the perfect amount of time for them to copy the formula. And this was the result. And it's not bad, but it's not it amazing. For a little while, right? It's like, and there was like yeah. an early demo Couple years. Um, yeah. before Couple it actually years. finally launched. Yeah. Yeah. And the early demo was completely different from what we got. The early demo didn't look like a Breath of the Wild clone. Huh. But the full release did. And then they like, yeah, they um, they capitalized on it. Yeah. We did why play not? something from, uh, yeah, why not? It was, I mean, obviously, kind of the same thing with Vampire Survivors, but on a much bigger level. Like, if it's successful, why not? You know, why not bring it in? And, I mean, it works. That formula works really well for a mythology-based game. Um, and we did play something from this earlier in the year. We played Valley of Eternal Spring actually on our Zelda Likes episode. Yeah, I think that, uh, it does I think look that like was I brought that, that one. It would make, did you actually look up the playlist? I did. To make I'm sure looking up the playlist right episode. now. Yeah. And, and you were also right. I could tell looking at the blocks that the, I, I did bring this one uh, to that episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Typhon is an interesting um, figure. I know him mostly as just this like giant almost like too big to comprehend mysterious monster in the Percy Jackson books that I referenced before. Okay. But he is apparently a monstrous serpentine giant, one of the deadliest creatures in Greek mythology. Uh, sometimes he is the son of Hera, like just Hera. Sometimes he's the son of Gaia and Tartarus, literally the goddess of Earth and the god of the underworld. Like, Tartarus is not just a god of the underworld like Hades. Tartarus is the deepest, darkest, scariest part of the underworld incarnate. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of confusing. But then sometimes he's the offspring of Cronus, uh, who was the like the father of most of the gods? Um, one thing that most iterations agree on is that Typhon and Echidna, who was sort of a another big massive monster, half woman, half snake, Typhon and Echidna were the parents of a lot, a lot, a lot of the Greek monsters. So this is like Greek mythology monster granddaddy is Typhon. <laughs> Put an and, O uh, on there and team him up with Earthquake and call him the Natural Disasters. Typhoon that's right. and Earthquake. <laughs> that's right. That is right. Well, I, and I think, that, honestly, I think the name of this, uh, the name of Typhon is related to Typhoon. I would he think He himself so. is related to a lot of things in Near Eastern and... Um, and some Asiatic mythologies, like just the way the way that he is, I think is influenced by those. But uh, 
I also want to give a shout out to another honorable mention of mine, um, Polyphemus, the famous Cyclops from the Odyssey games, who is on the cover of the soundtrack for Immortals Phoenix Rising, has a really, really cool song in the soundtrack. But w when I heard the vocals on the Typhon's Lear track, I just, I had to bring it. I love the vocals on this track. Nice. Yeah, the choir is really nice in this particular track. It's beautiful. Part uh, Elements of this track also remind me a lot of Warcraft, like in just style. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Like city music almost, night elf music or, um, yeah, night elf music actually. Yeah, it's really cool though. I like the way it ends too. It's got a really nice, nice closeout. Yeah, super cool. Well, and that brings us to um, a track with prominent vocals. And uh, yeah, this is the second time the Basilisk appears uh, just because I, I had to bring this. I had to bring this because I, I I was going to bring it to Radio Hour, but I really wanted to hear your thoughts on it because I know you love vocal tracks. I do. Nice uh, medieval vocal track. A little bard tune here. Yeah, like a, it's like a shanty, you know? It's like a, I can picture these uh, these folks, uh, you know, gathering in this tavern uh, and singing, you know, about one of their heroes. And this is the, uh, the Ballad of the Basilisk from RuneScape 3, composed by Ian Taylor. And I think we mentioned recently one of one of the composers we uh, we talked about had some some sort of unfortunate, uh, shady recent allegations brought on them. Ian Taylor, I, I do need to mention, was uh, was accused of well, it was actually um, indicted for um, underage assault back in 2021. So um, do need to acknowledge that, but uh, doesn't bring to bear, I think, on this track at all. This track is fun, well well done, and um, I wish we could find who the vocalists were because this is really cool. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Did I? Yeah. Uh, well, I just I just happened to find out about it when I was doing some research for this track. Oh, so. yeah, interesting. Um, I wish we knew who was singing on this track. Yeah, yeah. even the she female does a good lead. Job. Yeah, like I'm I'm sure we're not going to get all the vocalists because there's definitely like a male choir behind her in certain places. Um, but just like the female lead would be nice to shout her out. Uh, it's super dope lyrics. Actually, the video we looked at has the entire lyrics on there, and I was kind of reading along Which is as nice. the video went. Yeah. Yeah. There's a nice cover of this um, on SoundCloud for anybody who wants to look it up, but I looked I looked in a lot of different places, and I just could not find a credit for the vocalist. Um, RuneScape is a game I don't have any experience with at all. <laughs> yeah, me neither, surprisingly. It's an MMO. You would think I would have played it, but it's not one that I ever gravitated toward. I do know this is not like RuneScape 3 when you think traditional numbered. This was the third update, I think, for RuneScape, so they just called okay. Okay. RuneScape 3. Um, uh, okay. Kind of like expansions like Warcraft does, but not. Um, but yeah, this was just an update. Whatever whatever release date, I, whatever year I put, 2013, this was the updated version of RuneCraft or RuneCraft. <laughs> RuneScape for 2013. <laughs> RuneCraft. Yeah. That could be a game. Rune <laughs> crossover. Yeah. Um well, yeah, this uh so the lyrics in this really I think um echo what I was talking about on that Ninja Gaiden track, talking about the basilisk as the king of serpents who, you know, his gaze turns people to stone, and then V, the hero of the song, uses his shield kind of like uh Jason did with Medusa and um turns the, the basilisk's gaze on Vorthes? itself and uh and kills it. Jason Voorhees? Jason of the Argonauts. Different oh, Jason. Oh. <laughs> or did he rise out of Camp Crystal Lake and use his machete to avert the laser beams? I mean, maybe. I don't remember exactly what happened to Jason. I do not think he has a very happy story. So 
It could very well be the same Jason. I don't know how he ended up in Camp Crystal Lake from, <laughs> from ancient Greece, but stranger he was, things have happened. He was cast out by Zeus, landed in the there lake, couldn't swim. His mom <laughs> yep. traveled all the way there, couldn't find him. That's why she was so pissed at the camp counselors. <laughs> yep, man. <laughs> uh, that's, that's fun stuff, man. That's fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, so glad you liked this track. Uh, I, I do have to say it, it, it's not as fun to me as the uh, the other vocal track that we're about to talk about. Our closeout. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> My final pick of the episode will close us out. Uh, it's about a minute and a half. Comes from a game called Monster Prom. Uh, it's the credits music, but it's somehow the secret credits music. I don't know. Don't know how you would unlock it. <laughs> not sure. Um, I found a composer for this series. The composer's name, and I don't know if this is a code name or legit name. It says Messer Chups. M-E-S-S-E-R-C-H-U-P-S. Messer Chups. And uh, I could not find like individual vocalist names for the singers here, but they do refer to themselves frequently as prank masters with a Z. So prank yeah. masters is who they are on vocals. <laughs> there you go. But this is insane, yeah, dude. It is. It's, I'm it's familiar insane. with this game. I'm actually familiar with this series. Um, kind of like this a dating like a, sim, almost. like a point and click, point and click dating sim. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and there's okay. three of them. There's four of them actually. There's three monster prom games, then I think a monster camp game. Um, and they've added a shitload of content to each game through DLC and like extra characters, extra romance, extra tons of stuff. Like they support these games quite a bit. Um, That's and I cool. think it's also multiplayer, which is crazy. It's a multiplayer dating sim. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, but these games are super positively reviewed everywhere. Like, they're very popular. I've never played any of them myself, but like I said, I'm familiar with the series. Um, did not explore too much of the soundtrack. I did start with the first game and started clicking around, and then I was like, I landed on this one. And I was like, oh, oh, this guy just said dank. I think Bedroth will like that. <laughs> and I brought it. Uh, I did. I did mention that last last time, didn't I? Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, this this track is so much fun. If if this track is any indication, I, I can tell how much love and how much attention the detail and care was put into the games themselves. Um, I will probably never play them. Not a dating sim guy and don't do a whole lot of point and click actually either. It's a it's a series I would play. I will say that it's a series I would play and may still play at some point in the future. It has a lot of traditional monster characters in there. I mean, you clearly see one inspired by Frankenstein almost. I don't really know who all of oh, them are. I just, I just heard the beginning. Oh, I see. Hold on. One inspired by the Wolfman for sure. The uh, So the prank masters, they introduce themselves. One of them says, I'm Scott Howell. And the other says, and I'm super high. <laughs> I'm super what? So super high. It sounds like she oh, says. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I, I heard that differently the first time, but I think that may actually be like a, like a stage name or something, but but, but yeah, man, this is this is really cool. This has been a fun episode. A lot, lot of variety on the episode yeah. today. Yeah, kick off to the spooky season. Uh, we still have, and it's sadly a, not a short October, but we only have three themed um, three themed episodes this October, just the way things work out. Next year in 2024, we actually have four, which is kind of nice. But yeah, uh, that is o- nice. Only, only three always and like then the radio can, hour. But uh, Always like when we can squeeze in a few more. May do a little something special beginning of November. 
little uh little after effect or something i don't know we'll see yeah that sounds fun that sounds fun i like that idea you know haunted haunted houses are open usually until the uh the first weekend after halloween yep yep for those people who just don't aren't quite ready to let it go yet uh yeah yeah (laughs) I do, do want to give a few different shout outs to some critters who didn't quite make the list. Um, I had uh, on my on my short list, there was a Hydra, um, a Balrog. Uh, there was Medusa, um, Baba Yaga from Eastern European mythology, uh, the Manticore. And actually, apparently there is a Jabberwock in Bayonetta. I did not realize this oh, okay. in, the, in Bayonetta Origins. Nice. Sarisa um, game. Yeah, the one that just came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, there's Pokemon, which stands for Pocket Monsters. We could have done something there. Sure, could have easily lead it in, or led into Pokemon, but I'm glad we didn't. And I want to give a shout out to a soundtrack that everybody should check out from the NES if you're not familiar with it. It actually got a little bit of, um, of press a year or so ago because one of the tracks from Monster in My Pocket from the NES sounds uncannily similar to the song Butter by the um, boy band BTS. <laughs> okay. And uh, But yeah, the whole soundtrack to Monster in My Pocket is, it has no right to be as good as it was. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, there you go. Um, how about you? Did you have any other ones that you wanted to bring that didn't quite make it? Nope. <laughs> okay. You don't go I did not. like I do most I don't, of the time. No. I usually <laughs> I find my limit, my seven, and I'm done. I don't I don't usually I don't usually spend a too much time um going That'd be overboard. nice. It would save me some time, but but I also still I find a lot of cool tracks this way, so Yeah. I usually it helps the workday pass by. I usually <laughs> do more prep and research before I actually start looking. Like I somewhat get a clear idea by doing research using various websites like where I'm gonna which games I'm gonna go to. Right. Yeah. And then I just surf, you know those surf games, the soundtracks look, yeah, from there. Yeah, then I surf yep. the soundtracks. Yep. I may not listen to everything. Once I stumble on something I fall in love with, I usually stop there. Yeah, sometimes if the soundtrack is really big, I'll do that. Or like I'll go around to like track titles that I really like and I'll listen to those first. Um, but if they're shorter games, I'll usually just kind of have it on in the background. And if, if after, you know, a minute, I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling this, I'll just skip to the next one. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right, dude. Well, this was fun. I do not have anything to plug right now. Okay. So what about you? Sorry, shoot, Kapow. Not getting a spot this week. <laughs> nope. I don't have anything. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, for mentioning shoot, Kapow. Yeah. My daughter is on YouTube. Go find her. She's been doing a lot of stuff and she could use some help. She's in college, needs money. Um, and yeah, I do want to mention again, like you, like we kind of teased at the beginning of the episode, and as Brian mentioned, Radio Hour last week, um, we for October, this is going to be Radio this Hour at number this month. But I can, I'm tired. Uh, this is going to be Radio Hour number sixty four. And so we thought it might be fun for our listeners to tell us about or to get, to recommend something from their favorite N sixty four games. If spooky you have games, a favorite though. track, spooky games. Oh yeah, spooky, spooky tracks from N sixty four games or spooky games from the N sixty four. Um, yes, yeah, it doesn't so, necessarily have to be a spooky track. Could be, I'd be fine. It could with be, that. A, it could be a spooky track from a non spooky game or yeah. just any track from a spooky game. A spooky game, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, Brian and I could fill a playlist like that for sure. Yeah, but I'm sure we, there's we'd enough. like to hear from you. So give us a shout. Whatever uh, we get, whatever know. we don't get, we'll just fill the rest. But it'd be fun have some yeah and also don't worry about whether or not we have played it before like don't you don't have to go and look up all the lists just uh you know just send us a recommendation i think you and i agreed on that right yeah that's fine yeah because this is a special occasion so as you mentioned we uh yep. you know, sure we'll do that so 
yeah, shoot us a you know a Discord uh, message or an email or a comment on Spotify. Comment, yeah, yeah. comment, yeah. And if you're and if you know the game you want to pick from, but you don't know what track, you just tell us the game, and we'll pick a track from that game and shout you out. And that's it. That's all I got. Works for me. All right. Well, that'll officially kick us off into October and unfortunately bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for sitting with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, interact with us. Taking us out of the episode, we are going to be taking a listen once again to Credits, the secret version from Monster Prom. This released on April 27th, 2018. It was composed, I think, by Messer Chups, featuring Prank Masters with Z on vocals. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. Yo, Juan's got Howl. And I'm super high. And we're the best. I'm gonna tell you why. We're better than pizza. And ecstasy. We're the Prank Masters. With a Z. What makes us great? I'll tell you what. No other prank duo has such good butts. Yeah, we like our butts, and we can't deny. We've, we've pranked, pranked every monster as Pookie high. high. We've pranked the students. We've pranked the teachers. We've pranked vampires and mythical creatures. One time we did a prank on an ocelot. That prank was awesome, bro. Thanks a lot. So let me give you some free advice. We've, we've pranked, pranked you once, once. we're gonna, gonna prank you twice. Cause we've been spending all our lives living in a prankster's paradise. Prank masters, prank masters, doing pranks and causing disasters. Prank masters, prank masters, sacrificing to our dark master. We'll take a dank pranks all the way to the prank bank, but we needed something new to fill up our prank tank. So we found this book and it really charmed us. It covers me to skin so you know it's harmless. We opened it up and the word started bleeding. Way more exciting than regular reading. To harness its power, it asked for our souls. We pledged them just for one reason. The lulls. The book was written by the Dread Zagord. If it wrote this book, it must be a prank lord. So we summoned it here with the sole intention. A prank in the crap out of this dimension. So if you're wondering who to thank, we've got two words. Per and we've doomed this plane for eternity. Cause we're the prank masters. With a Z. Uh, where are all our friends? Thank you.